This is a GRDC podcast. Each year, growers in the southern region make an important decision. Will they cut some or perhaps even all of their crops to hay? G'day, I'm Chris Brown. One factor that should be top of mind is the cost of the nutrient loss to the soil once that hay is exported. Nutrients need to be replaced and on this podcast we'll look at just how much goes out the farm gate. Joining me today on this podcast is Rob Norton. Rob is based in Horsham in Western Victoria and he's well known as an expert in crop nutrition. Rob, as I mentioned, hay cutting can be an important part of a rotation for growers in the southern region. Just to set the scene here, let's go through some of the reasons that farmers might have in travelling down that path. Well, I suppose there's a, a couple of general reasons. The first is if a crop has been specifically sown for hay, such as an oat and hay for oat and hay crop for production of green oat and hay, or it might be that there's a weed problem, a particular herbicide resistance profile in the paddock that growers want to deal with, and certainly are cutting a paddock for hay early to remove some of the weed seed burdens, a good strategy. The other strategy that comes up is if a crop's been frosted or if it's droughted, just to relieve some of the financial pressure by getting something out of the crop by cutting it for hay and baling it. And then, of course, the other issue that comes up at the end is it just the price for hay is so compulsive to look at that take your money and you cut your crop for hay before it runs up to grain. So there's probably the four main reasons. I suppose risk management comes into it as well. I mean, if you, you're not sure of what the season is going to do, it, it might be a, a good idea to cut a bit of hay. Yeah, and whether it's all or part of your farm, all or part of your paddock even, the only issue is, is once you've cut it for hay, you won't get grain out of it. Your options close as soon as the paddock's cut for hay. Are there any other agronomic reasons? You mentioned weed control. Are there any other agronomic reasons for cutting hay? Oh, I think it's really more economic than agronomic in terms of financial issues. It's the value of the hay versus the value of leaving it for cereal. The only other side issue is depending on timing of cutting, you might preserve a little soil moisture for the next season's crop, for example, by terminating the crop before it starts going into the heavy water use period during grain fill. There are some downsides, and that's really what we're here to talk about. It in When I say downsides, it's not really a downside, but I was surprised at the nutrient loss of hay cutting compared to letting it go through to grain. So let's go through that. What is exported and how much? So the main nutrients, I suppose. Okay, let's, let's just pick up a... Wheat crop. Say if you've got a, a wheat crop that potentially has a three tonne per hectare grain yield, 12% protein or something like that. In terms of nitrogen, that'll export about 60 kilograms of nitrogen and 10 kilograms of phosphorus and 12 kilograms of potassium. So they're the big three and, and a little bit of sulfur as well. If the same wheat crop had been cut earlier in the season for hay, a three-tonne grain crop would probably yield about a six-tonne per hectare wheat cut for hay. So instead of 60 kilograms, you're exporting 100 kilograms of nitrogen in that hay crop compared to the grain crop, about the same amount of phosphorus, but 10 times the amount of potassium and about two and a half times the amount of sulphur. So certainly the big ticket items in, in comparing hay to grain is that, you know, it's about 60% more nitrogen, about 10 times more potassium and 
two and a half times more sulfur is exported. So, you know, you've got to factor that into your nutrient budgets when you come back around to the following crop. Why is so much extra exported? Is it because of you're taking more of a crop? Most of the potassium, potassium's the one that really shows up. Most of the potassium in the plant is actually in the, in the straw or in the stubble. And when a crop's cut for hay, there's very little potassium in a grain. So, so it's about four kilograms per tonne of potassium in, in grain but it's about 20 kilograms of potassium per tonne of hay. So most of the potassium is actually in the vegetative material, which you take when you cut the hay crop. And is that the case also with the other nutrients? Not so much with phosphorus, sulphur a little bit. Uh, nitrogen is, can also get trapped in the leaves, if you like, trapped in the stubble, trapped in the hay. So there's a little bit more nitrogen, as I said, you know, 60 kilograms versus 100 kilograms of nitrogen in a hay crop or a grain crop. What can also affect that loss? Can, for instance, different soil types have an impact and different soil moisture levels? Not so much. I'm just in the example I've given, I've just compared, you know, a crop to a crop. If a crop's been, you know, really severely moisture stressed, your potential might only be a tonne per hectare and so your hay yield's only two tonnes per hectare. So in that situation, the, the difference is actually just in the amount of biomass that you take off, not so much the concentration in the plant material. What about a situation where you take your grain and later on you take the straw? I imagine that's also a situation where you're going to lose a lot of nutrient. Yeah, I think if you compare, if you go back to that three tonne wheat crop, in addition to the grain removal of nitrogen, potassium, sulphur and phosphorus, if you bale a stubble and take it away, you're removing the nutrients that are in the in the straw. So that would be about 35 kilograms of nitrogen in a baled stubble from a three-ton crop and about 70 kilograms more potassium and a little bit more sulphur. So what you're doing is you're actually increasing the amount of nutrient that's being removed. And a lot of that nutrient would have been recycled in a stubble retention system. So your drain of nutrients in a stubble that's baled from a wheat crop is about the same as when you cut it for hay anyway. So how do you go about calculating your nutrient loss? Those figures that you gave me, is that a starting point for that? Yeah, I think that's the starting point. And there's a few, GRDC has produced a couple of guides about nutrient concentrations in materials. And and probably the hardest thing to do in making that assessment is actually working out when you look at a hay yield, what the actual removal is going to be, because it does vary a little bit, particularly with hay, depending on how the crop has finished. You know, if it's got a harsh finish and nitrogen hasn't been taken up, then it may be a lower offtake of nitrogen, but that also means that digestibility, the crude protein and the metabolizable energy in the hay crop isn't as good as it would have been if it was a better supplied with nutrients. So that's the bit of balance there is that, you know, good nutrient levels in the hay crop are its quality and if it's been a tough finish that quality that hay quality is not there and i think mm. that also particularly applies to frosted crops usually by the time you find out that your crop is frosted the digestibility of the plant material has declined you know the peak digestibility the peak quality is usually up into booting very early in grain fill and that's when the peak digestibility and the peak quality of the hay is after that period the quality declines and so 
it can be that really what you're cutting for hay mightn't be very good quality anyway, particularly people who, who want to buy hay on digestible dry matter. And that's probably the major feed quality parameter, the amount of metabolizable energy that you yield per tonne of feed. Yeah, that's certainly what livestock producers are after, isn't mm, it? That's right. Rob, do you lose the same levels of nutrients if you burn a stubble rather than baling a stubble? Yeah, in fact, there's very little difference between the amount of nutrient lost when you burn and when you bale. There's a lot of the nutrient is actually removed in the smoke, if you like, in the fumes. Uh, nitrogen becomes nitrous oxide. Not a lot of the phosphorus moves, but some of the potassium goes and some of the sulfur also declines. So you do lose nutrients through burning and the amounts are about the same, maybe a little less than if you baled the stubble. So with the nutrient removal, I take it then you have to change your fertiliser strategy for the following year. Yeah, and I think that's the reason we look at nutrient removals, you know, with nitrogen, potassium, phosphorus, sulphur, because the basic maintenance strategy in any, any fertiliser program is to replace what you remove. So if the removals are higher with a hay crop, you need to replace what you remove if your soil test is telling you you're at a maintenance level. And that's where a soil test does become particularly important to understand whether there are some nutrients you can draw down and across much of our cropping, southern cropping region, potassium levels are high and, and drawing down those in the short term is not such a, a big production issue because there's adequate levels available in the soil. But soil testing is important because that allows you to understand where you are in terms of build, maintain or run down your nutrient levels. Is there a good rotation for hay? I'm talking here about people who cut hay regularly. I mean, the most important thing with the regular hay cutters is to make sure weed densities are low. So the presence of weed seeds can downgrade, you know, oat and hay crops quite quickly. So weed management within a regular hay cutting program is as important as it is in a grain production system. So certainly managing weeds is important and general agronomy is, is very much the same. Maybe with cereals that you might want to cut for hay, uh, you might be sowing a bit earlier, you might be using different varieties and the the agronomic packages that come along with those two techniques would need to be thought through as well. Should you treat the paddocks that you cut for hay differently to those that you take through to grain? Now I'm talking about like after harvest, through, through the summer months. Yeah, if a field's been cut for hay, if a paddock's been cut for hay, it'll often be cut closer to the ground than a paddock that's been you know, harvested for grain. So this, the height of the stubble in a grain crop might be six inches or 10 inches. Whereas with a hay crop, it might be cut down to only three or four, five, six centimetres. So the amount of cover that can be left after a crop's cut for hay can be quite important in terms of preserving soil surface conditions from wind erosion or water erosion. That also applies to other crops that are cut. Say, for example, in the Mallee, there's a lot of vetch hay that's cut produced and sometimes it's ploughed in. The removal of vetch can leave a very bare surface that's prone to wind erosion over the summer or water erosion going into the next autumn at the break. So, you know, it is important. There's a balance there between mainly about cutting height and crop type in terms of stubble retention and protection of the soil surface. 
Another one to watch out for. But I suppose the key message here of, of our discussion today is that, look, there's a, a fair amount of nutrients. Some of the major nutrients are, are exported and they need to be replaced. Yep, that's right. And the other message I think about hay production is it shouldn't be something that's just done in the spur of the moment, you know, just because you look at a crop and think, well, I, that could make a good hay crop. You need to be prepared with your marketing plans, your storage, your quality, having machinery lined up. If you're going to have hay in your program, you have to have part of it as the whole program. And, and that way you, you can make the best fist of a hay crop, whether it's a, a wheat crop that you're going to recover because of a dry finish or you think the value is there, or even a canola crop that you might want, or an oat and hay crop per se. Thanks, Rob. Rob Norton is from Norton Agronomic at Horsham in Victoria. And my name is Chris Brown.